are listening to the Empowering Kids podcast, where we connect with parents, kids, educators, providers, entrepreneurs, and simply human beings who share a vision that no one is limited by any disability, condition, or societal pressure. I am Katherine Kraft, and I'm excited to share my journey to empowering kids through movement with you. Today, I am extremely thankful to be talking to Michelle and Rochelle Scar. Not only are they longtime friends of mine, but they are amazing working mamas to twin toddlers. Michelle is now a senior systems engineer at Centauri, and Rochelle is a satellite systems engineer at Boeing. Like most of us, they are learning to transition to working from home while raising their littles and finding a way to make the most of it. So smile with us as our kids make noise in the background and pop into the show at times. Listen in and find your inspiration to taking care of yourself, your kids, your neighbors, and your local businesses. Want even more inspiration? Follow them on Facebook as Michelle Scar and Rochelle Scar. And don't forget to say hi to Beckett. So grab a cup of coffee and join us as we get ready to empower kids. Hello, I'm here with two of my favorite people today, Michelle and Rochelle Scar, and I'm so excited to be talking with them today because we're going to be talking about parenting twin, twin toddlers during this crazy time. So if you guys don't mind, I'd like you to introduce yourselves, tell us a little bit about you personally and what you do professionally, or maybe kind of how your life's looked before this, and then we'll jump into what's going on now. Okay, so um, I'm Michelle, and I am a model and simulation engineer. Uh, I work for Centauri, and I am working from home, and that is really fun, <laughs> especially it sounds like it. with the kids home, um, but uh before life, I mean, I just switched jobs, so everything's kind of new right now. Um, mm-hmm. So it's kind of difficult learning the company, the people, and all that when um, you're at home. But yeah, and how long were you there before you had to start working from home? Uh, about a week. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, yeah. So welcome. Yeah, that it's been an interesting transition, but I know, like at least, I feel pretty secure in my job, and I'm lucky to have that. So yeah, that is wonderful. And what about you, Rochelle? Um, hi, so I'm Rochelle. Um, I currently work for Boeing as a satellite systems engineer, and I just accepted a new job during the midst of all this. Um, and I'm going, thanks. I'm going to be starting uh, work for the aerospace corporation on April 13th. Okay. And that will normally be with when the coronavirus is not happening, will you be on site working there? Or is that always a work from home job? No, it will be on site. So bo- both Boeing and Aerospace, uh, Aerospace, the new company, I'll be working on site at Schriever Air Force Base, but currently I'm working from home. Awesome. And that just reminds me, if you can let our audience know, you guys both were in the Air Force previously, correct? Correct. Yeah, yes. 12 and a half years. 12 and a half years. Well, thank you for your service. When did you guys get out? I served four and I got out in 2005 and I've been a government contractor ever since. Okay. Do you think that really helped prepare you for what you're doing now? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and then I, I, served, I served five and a half uh, active and seven uh, years as a reservist. Uh, I got out when I was uh, an active reservist. Um, 
in October of 2016. And I would not be where I'm at right now if I was not in the Air Force. Right. Yeah, definitely. I remember that being such a significant part of your life. And I would say, even from how I met you, Meath, I think that was a significant part in my life, too, because I joined the Army because of you, really. I had no idea what ROTC was yeah, until meeting you. So I thank you for that. Well, uh, that's that's funny because I would always encourage and push everybody that I know into the Air Force. So <laughs> my direction went a little skewed, a little skewed there. Yeah, well, the only reason why, if I could just say, because I knew I wanted to be a physical therapist from the very beginning days, and the Air Force did not have their own physical therapist. So that's the only reason why I, I shifted. But I think I think all services are you know doing an amazing job right now, although I'm thankful I'm not in it anymore, as I'm sure you are as well. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Michelle had to step away. Um, all services are, it seems like they just propel your future. Yeah, for sure. And so you guys were done then before you had the twins, right? Yeah, yeah. I and mean, unfortunately, I mean, I would, I would prefer to still be in, but um, I got out in October and they were born in January. Oh, wow. So I, I actually think that's life saving. I don't know. I got out because of having my son. So if you guys don't mind, can you tell us a little bit of history about their birth and, and how that all went down for you guys? <clears throat> sure. So let's see. So, um, Oh, I carried the twins um, up into almost 33 weeks. Um, I had a really... 31 and six days. I think it was 32 and six, actually. But um, sorry. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, the, the pregnancy was actually, it was really good. Um, until about a week before I delivered, we went in for an ultrasound and um, they were, they noticed that the our little girl wasn't growing like she should be. And so it's really common um, with, with twin pregnancies to have interuterine um, growth restriction. And that's um, what she had. Um, the placenta wasn't quite working the way it should. And so um, they hospitalized me for a week to monitor. Um, it seemed like things were um, changing and, and, go, you know, kind of becoming more normal because I wasn't going to work and I, you know, didn't have my normal activities. I was just really resting and kind of focusing on growing them. Um, but then we went in for, so they sent me home. I was home for a day. I went in for a regular ultrasound again, and neither one of the, um, neither one of the babies were moving in the, um, required, uh, amount in the, in the amount of time. So that had to um, been so scary. So at that time they said, um, you're going back to the hospital. And, um, and luckily where I was going to the doctor, it was all connected. So it was really easy other than it just being kind of a crazy time. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. So, um, so this is kind of funny. So we went, we went to go to the, um, uh, to the hospital and I hadn't eaten or had a cup of coffee. So in the first trimester, I didn't have any coffee. Um, cause okay. I just really was nervous. Um, right. but then after the first trimester and things seemed to be good, I would have one cup of coffee a day. Okay. And so, um, so I thought, well, you know, I think we're, it's morning. We haven't eaten. <laughs> I haven't had my coffee. I'm sure everything is fine. I'm just going to get a little something to eat and a cup of coffee. Yeah. Well, we're standing in line as you know, we're trying to go over to the hospital. I mean, it sounds kind of ridiculous, but I don't know, call it mother intuition or whatever, but, um, um, but anyway, the doctor comes over, the ner- one of the, one of the um, ultrasound texts, and she said, 
you cannot eat or drink anything right now. We are going to deliver these babies. And I'm like, my gosh. Yeah. So we were just going over to be monitored. And then all of a sudden it was like, no, we are taking them out now. Oh, my God. That's, I think, when the realism set in. (laughs) Yeah. So we went up there, like after Rochelle took a moment to like, just kind of gather herself before we went up to the uh, emergency area. And, um, we got up there and the doctors like put her in a room right away. They started monitoring the kids or the, the, the twins. And then uh, they said, well, we have one C-section ahead of you, but we're going to move them and bring you in r- right away. And like for us, it was like we didn't know why, because we thought we were just going over to be monitored. And then all of a sudden it was like, there's absolutely something wrong. Which is so interesting to me that they would just move forward. I mean, I guess that's what you have to do when you're in the medical field. You just do what's best for the patient and for the child and all all the kids involved. However, it's so interesting to me that you would have lack of knowledge as to why during that whole process, because that to me would instinct fear before anything else. Like, just tell me why, and then you can process it. Yeah. Yeah. So at that point, it was more uh, contacting our families just to let them know. um, And they started like, arranging flights to come out and help um and then uh also like just just trying to prepare ourselves you know and and be close um it was hilarious like one of the you know they came in and so what happens is they have a, a team of nurses there were four of them for each of the twins um so there were eight of them and one of them came up to me and asked me about what my name was and i was like rochelle <laughs> <laughs> you're a mess <laughs> i like literally feel like i was like i was like i was like in the gravitron you know like i felt like everything was spinning so fast and here yeah. like i'm worried about rochelle i'm worried about the kids you know jackson came out um they had a hard time getting him to breathe oh, um man. and he came out first so that was scary rochelle left the room before he actually left the room mm-hmm. um and so you know like luckily uh, we had a kind of plan. Uh, Rochelle made a plan for us um, about me staying with the kids no matter what. Okay. And so um, Maddie left like the room right away. She was perfectly fine. She she, she had an attitude, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and you're probably Jack's still just wanted that to crew till today. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Jack just wanted to go back in. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, and then you know when when I was like watching, you know, I saw like. Rochelle's stats started dropping and, you know, our blood pressure was going real low. And it was like, it was really, I was terrified. I can imagine. And at what point did they actually tell you what was going on and why they were getting them out? Uh, Well, we knew, we we knew, I mean, we kind of knew, you know, we knew there was the interuterine growth restriction initially. And then um, we knew, you know, the ultrasound tech basically said, well, you're going to go back into the hospital to be monitored again. So that's what we initially thought. But I think after, you know, in between kind of us heading over and her connecting with the doctor, that's when at that point the doctor made the decision, like, it's better to just get them out now. Okay. um, Then then kind of continue this sort of risky situation potentially. Yeah, definitely. And then did you guys have a NICU stay with both of them? Did they let you them stay together or how did that go? Well, so, yeah. So, um, you know, they were born at nearly 33 weeks. Madison weighed uh, two pounds and nine ounces and Jackson weighed three pounds and four ounces and they were um, both CPAPed initially. And then, um, 
they both came home on oxygen um, for some period of the NICU stay. Madison didn't have oxygen, but, um, but they did both come home on oxygen. So they both had a 30 day NICU stay. It was pretty amazing that they got to come home on the same day. That's not always the oh, case. Great. I was just going to ask that. That is Yeah. Amazing. So I, we feel really lucky that, um, that, you know, we didn't have one at the NICU and one at home. So. And their <laughs> initial expectation was, um, about like a 60 day stay. So, wow. so they beat all that out. They, they cut that in half. That's awesome. Yeah. They surprised everybody. And, and we had awesome NICU nurses that like really, um, pushed like their growth so like they kind of like when they saw that they were doing better or doing well they kind of like pushed them forward instead of like took them i don't know it was like instead of instead of following the protocol right they followed yeah what it sounds like and that's that's an amazing nurse for you that's wonderful yeah i love them like you know and still to this day like if i see them like it's hard not to cry yeah i agree and i do have to say i'm you know, when you, any parent out there goes through an early labor or something complicated or any NICU stay, even if it's a day or two, and that's just not how you expected your birth to go, it can be a really emotional process. And it's one of those things I don't think people talk about enough. Like even for me, I had my son a little bit after you guys and he was early as well. And I remember you, you were my first phone call, Michelle, when I left because I finally got a chance to leave the hospital and I felt terrified. I was like, oh my gosh, this small child, this small human being needs me to come back. What if something happens to me? And I remember you saying, he's always going to need you to come home. So you better start (laughs) driving safely and be careful because until he's 18 years and beyond, he's always going to need you, not just now. And I have to thank you for that because not that anybody wants to go through that experience or have a connection um, because of something that was hard emotionally and physically. However, I think that connection with you guys giving me so much insight and so much knowledge was literally life-saving for me. So I just, if I haven't thanked you before, I want to thank you now because your experience oh, thank you. definitely yeah. helped me. And I think it can help other moms out there as well. Because I think we all try to hold it together during the moments and while you're at the hospital. And then when you get home, you're like, what just happened? Oh, <laughs> man. You. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've been very fortunate in the fact that I've had um, different jobs since the twins have been born that have been very uh, flexible in how I handle my time. And um, I know it was hard when we left the hospital and the twins were still there. And that was, those were very difficult times. Um, I know Rochelle definitely felt it um, real hard at night. Um, And so did I, you know, just in different ways. Um, But, it was cool because where I worked at the time was a few miles away from where the hospital was. So I knew that at like 10 o'clock, the doctors did their rounds and um, they would go to each one of the pods and give an update on, you know, the kids, uh, the babies. And I would leave work and go just for those updates. And then I would leave work at the end of the day to just be able to go and hold one of them for a little bit of time because I would get there so late that they were going to, you know, kick me out before their, their (laughs) meetings. Um, And those times were really hard, but I remember feeling like, you know, I like tried everything I could to make sure like everything was ready when they got home. Like it was ridiculous. They're like, Hey, they're going to go home tomorrow. You guys should go out to eat and, you know, just take time for yourselves. And I'm like, I got to go home and wash the carpets. (laughs) Right. <laughs> I have to do all these stupid, ridiculous things that these kids, the kids aren't going to be laying on the carpet. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, it just felt like I had to do them. Um, and then we brought them home. And on the way home, Maddie had a blowout. Wonderful. Walked in the house and realized that I was totally not prepared for anything that was about to happen. <laughs> you said, Where are my nurses? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Come on, people. <laughs> I know. Aren't you coming home with me, too? Yeah. And then it was hilarious because the oxygen guy came in and he, like, brought in his, like, the big oxygen tank and, like, this, you know, 30-foot oxygen hose. And, you know, he's like, oh, where do you want me to set this up? And he, I have a Great Dane Pitbull. I'm like, do you think I'm going to have, like, an oxygen hose connected to? And he was only one at the time. Like, connected to my child's head. With an right. oxygen tank far away. And what is it? We're playing Red Rover? Like, yeah. Oh, so. my gosh. Because was he was he walking when he was one? Or was he a little bit later on his walk-in? Oh, no, no, no. This was, no. So this is when we just brought the kids home. And oh, the dog was it. one. The oh, dog was one. The dog was one. <laughs> yeah. So the dog was a puppy, right? So he clearly didn't have any control of himself. He still doesn't. But um, Oh, my gosh. So how did you manage that? What did you end up doing? We ended up not doing the big oxygen tanks. We just got the backpack okay. ones. Okay. Um, And just, you know, always changed them frequently, you know, more frequently and always had it close to them. But it was so, for us, I think, with the two of them, it was so much easier um, just having that, you know, you just yeah. pick up the kid and pick up the oxygen tank, then having to worry about where the hose is, where a dog is, like right. whatever's next. So, and how long did you have to deal with the oxygen for? How long were they on it for? I think when they came home, I think Maddie was off it in April. Um, so they came home on, I think, February 25th. Um, I think Maddie got off of it on April, and then Jack's, I think, was June. And okay. But that was, I swear, like when the doctor said, like after he did his testing, the doctor said he can golf it. Like that was like such a defining moment, um, just because he became so much happier when he didn't oh, have to be on the yeah. accident. So um, he was super happy. It became a lot easier for us. Uh, I remember, like he tested a couple of times and he didn't, he didn't pass. And so I took a day mm-hmm. off of work and I was like, you know, we're we're going to do this and you're not going to have any stress today. We're just laying yeah. around and um, it ended up working. And I remember going to the daycare cause he was at daycare when the doctor called me. And first of all, I felt like I needed to give everybody in my office a high five. Yeah, <laughs> we, totally. did it. we did it. And then I went to the daycare and, and uh, his teacher at the time, she Miss June. She was like, she's a she's much older woman. Um, very sweet, very nice. And, you know, it was always like really, um, really like into our kids, you know, we always knew she was, she was perfect to watch them, you know, like, like we could trust her. Um, and we took off the oxygen together and I was like, so excited about it. So excited. Yeah, That's awesome. And it had to be so much easier for them too, because I imagine that's a little bit of a struggle to send them to daycare with it. Oh yeah, for sure. But they were good with it. Um, it seems like awesome. from talk from knowing you guys and talking to you that you had a really awesome daycare, which had to be so relieving. Uh, yeah, yeah. I I am huge on like showing appreciation, and so we really appreciated them. Um, they took care of our kids so good. They always sent us pictures. Um, 
They sent us stories. They let us know what was going on, if they were worried about them for anything. It was, yeah, like, that's what you needed. That's what you need in daycare. So Yeah, um, completely. It was pretty cool. So then we got to do things for them. So then how long had they stayed in that daycare for a long time or before, before everything started closing down, did they switch daycares or were they in a preschool or what was their days like, you know, before this coronavirus thing came about? Yeah, they just switched to preschool in August. Um, and it, it worked out better. It was a, it's a place that's closer to our house before we were commuting. Um, their daycare was 20 miles away and it used to be like on my way to work. Okay. But um, I switched jobs and it was like away from my work. Yeah. So uh, we found a preschool that's closer to us, which gave us more time with them. Uh, awesome. We kind of like kind of staggered our schedule so we didn't have to do before or after care. Um, nice. Up until a couple of weeks ago when I switched my job again. Um, now they do. Well, they did before the past couple of weeks. They did uh, after care, but usually I can get them by like four o'clock, not have okay. to get them at like five or six like we were with the daycare um but yeah no it was it worked out good i'd go into work i'd work 6 30 to 2 30 um and then rochelle would drop them off and work like a nine to five and i'd pick them up and we got to have our afternoons and evenings together so that was good yeah eventually we'll get there you know once i navigate we both navigate our new new jobs um and figure out how the schedule is going to work Right. And have they seemed pretty happy at the preschool? Yeah, I think <laughs> I think I think it started out a little rough. They were they started out in the same room um, and that worked out well for Madison. But um, I think there was conflicting personalities between one of the teachers and Jackson. And uh, I think he started uh, shutting down and okay. just not listening Um and, and, you know, from some of uh, the feedback and some of the, like, videos that were posted, you can always hear the teacher yelling at him at the back, in the background. Uh, yeah. and, and Jackson doesn't really um, – he doesn't respond well like that. Uh, and Madison would then start running to his rescue because she didn't want him to be in trouble by himself. Right. So, oh, so sweet. she would stop listening, too. Um, so the teacher called us and, uh, suggested we split them up, which was really hard for both of us, I think at first, uh, mm-hmm. but the new teacher that Jackson is now with has a different approach, um, kind of more like an optional approach. Like, Hey, you could either do this or you could do this, but like, yeah. those are your only two options. At least he has options and eventually he complies. Um, right. Do you feel like overall that seems to be a more successful way to deal with toddlers than trying to have an authoritative role over them? <laughs> yes, I would agree, but I am I am not gonna lie. I am authoritative role. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm I'm asking for real because I obviously like come from like I don't know myself and my husband come from different backgrounds for how we were parented and I probably do way too much research and so I I follow my heart I follow the research but then I'm also human too. However, I, I'm learning that it is, I don't think, okay, so maybe toddlers, yes, I would generalize and 
that toddlers do like to have some control, but it's also very child specific. Some children literally respond better. And so that's why I'm, I was going to ask between like Jax and Maddie, like, do they have a different response to different parenting styles? Because some kids are just wired differently. Like they need to be told what to do. Like they crave that. And other kids just want that free will to have a choice. I think Madison likes more structure. Okay. Um, yeah. And Jackson likes more like freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that Madison looks to Jackson um, on how to behave, but she also has her own strong personality. Yeah. Like you could see, you know, if Jackson, it's funny, like, and I tell, like, the way I look at it is my son operates with his brain in his hands. And sometimes okay. I just want to put him to put his brain in his head because he's super <laughs> smart, but then he'll like start like doing things that make absolutely no sense. And she will then copy him because yeah. like, that she doesn't, but she would never come up with that behavior on her own. <laughs> so, yes. Oh, that's so interesting. So now with this separation of class, so Maddie's still in the original class, he's in a new one. Uh, do you think that overall it's just working better for them? Um, <laughs> Michelle's telling me to talk now. So, um, <laughs> sorry, I had to step away for a few minutes. Um, I think, I think having them separated is working, um, overall. Okay. I think it's, it really is better because they are, I always tell them they're, they're as thick as thieves and they really are, which is awesome as far as their relationship goes. But I know how difficult that makes it on <laughs> us as parents, as well as like teachers, um, right. and, Madison does copy Jackson a lot. So, um, so I think it's good for them to have separation. I also think it's good for them to have some independence, um, right. You know, outside of each other. So, um, we've talked about putting them back together, um, next school, um, you know, fall time, just because, um, the only problem that I see with separating them is one classroom is a little younger than the other classroom. They don't have two classrooms okay. that are exactly the same age. And so they'll be, um, you know, pretty, cl- pretty, pretty far along in their threes by next fall. And so, yeah. um, so that's a little concerning to me. So we've talked, you know, the school and I have talked about, uh, maybe trying them together again after some period of time of separation and see, you know, with them being a little bit older and having different teachers, how that might, you know, work out so we may try that and then if it, we need to separate them then we'll you know we'll just go back yeah. through that but they don't yeah, seem it's... to mind being separated I think truly it was harder for us or and especially for me to separate them than it was for them they didn't really seem too upset yeah Kat, you know I mean I think for me um one of the things was when I you know I'm a twin and Chantal and I were we're not separated until third grade and that's what I was just going to say. A lot of twins that I work with, it is really hard for parents to separate them and they usually don't do it until later. So I'm proud of you for just following what you think is best for your children and listening and watching and observing and, and taking a chance on it. I think, I think that's huge. Yeah. I think the hardest part was um, that Madison does follow Jackson so much and Jackson's kind of more of a free spirit and he can hang out with anyone. And Madison has to, is a lot like me. She steps back and she'll watch her audience before she can join in. She like has to understand everybody before she feels comfortable. And um, I was like, I know that when I was younger, like going first day of kindergarten, I would always stand behind Chantel and let Chantel do like (laughs) 
all the social things and I would just be like there. And so that was my comfort zone. And yeah. you know, Chantel, I mean, she can talk to anyone. Yeah. <laughs> and so like, that's Jax. And I was just afraid that maybe like Madison would, you know, just not have the confidence, but I feel like she's gotten the confidence um, just being on her own. I think now she can do that. Yeah, definitely. And since they've developed those social bonds and now they've kind of been cut from that and you guys are, we're all forced to stay home. Do you see them asking about their friends or wanting to see them again or wondering when they can see them again? So their school friends? Um, no, actually one of their friends sent us a video saying that he missed them, which was super cute. <laughs> Um, this little dude uh, he's my favorite I come in like into their room to pick him up especially because at the end of the day they're in the same room and uh I like squat down with my arms open for the twins to run into my arms and he'll like run in between them (laughs) (laughs) um so uh so that was cute that they did that um but so we have we have neighbors that have four kids and they're quite a bit older than ours um but we've kind of like quarantined together (laughs) on this and uh they hang out with their friends like those are neighbors um every day natalie one of the one of their friends um she's like i think 13 now um she's on spring break and so this past week while we were working from home she would come over and watch them nice so they have like other kids that they're interacting with and they're probably they i mean our neighbors and our like we're basically like one family at this point um so you know they go over there and jump on their trampoline and the kids come over here and play with their toys and and jump in their bouncy house and so I think that that has probably been helping keep all of us a little more sane yeah I think that's amazing I saw your post on Facebook that I'm wondering if you want to share because I thought I think having that neighborhood connection it is so vital and I agree I think at a certain point like when you said we're quarantined together it's like if you're all just together and you're not going anywhere and you're not bringing home crazy stuff back and then sharing it between everybody you know I think that it is really important to have those neighborhood connections and I loved how you said when can you share that story about walking around and what you're uh, bringing to your neighbors oh uh yeah so so yeah. okay so I I've been I feel like uh our neighborhood is always really close um all of our neighbors you talk to them if anybody needs anything like we're here for each other um so Two days ago, um, I, I ran to the store and then uh, Rochelle just, you know, got her offer and accepted her offer for her new job. So I went to the liquor store to get champagne. And then while I was there, I was like, got to do something for the neighbors. So um, <laughs> I got all their tequila shooters, um, their limes and uh, Coronas. And <laughs> I delivered a little care package for all the adults for about, I don't know, six or seven houses on my block um with uh corona as a lime and a shooter um and that was cool because that night like people came outside their houses and you know did their shots had a drink um you know staying socially distant with each other but yeah but also like we got to share our stories about what it's like being stuck in the house with our kids and (laughs) trying to work and all that um, and then I think it's really important. I don't know. Rochelle is like laughs at me constantly because I'm like really insanely passionate about this right now. Um, but taking care of like local businesses too. And yes. so we had, uh, four growlers and we just had, a 
a restaurant tap house open um, down the street from us, which is awesome because we don't really have any restaurants by us. And um, we, we got to know all the employees and the owner. And so like we try and order for them um, from them for like getting lunch or dinner. And then also uh, I had four growlers and since we could, they're still selling whatever supplies that they have. I brought the growlers over and brought my neighbors growlers of uh, beer. So, You've always been, you've always been so sweet that way. I remember because, so I, I don't think I let everybody know that we met in college. And I remember even when we would go to the bar in college and we, nobody had a lot of money in college. Like, I don't, I mean, you could pretend that you did, but you really didn't, but you would always want to buy a round for everybody. Like everybody shots on me. And it always made me smile and warm my heart. So I'm like, you really don't have the money <laughs> for everybody. Hey, so I'm having these shots and buying around for the whole bar, basically. We're in college here. But it made you so happy and it made everybody else so happy. And I've, I've always loved that about you. So I was really excited to see you still continuing continuing on with that throughout this time. That's yeah, awesome. I can't I can't help myself if Rochelle doesn't put a cap on it. Like, so. Well, so I was just going to say, <laughs> so the, the latest thing is, and we do live in an awesome neighborhood. I mean, one of the best um, such community. And I think because a lot of us are, you know, working professionals and maybe, uh, transplants here in Colorado, we don't have family local. And so it works out really well to have the community we have. Um, but as we got together a couple days ago, um, socially distanced, of course. Um, but we talked about having a food truck come, uh, to the neighborhood and kind of announcing it to everyone and supporting a food truck. And, uh, it's a friend of our neighbors who owns the food truck. And so Michelle said, well, I really want to um, like announce it on our, on our next door neighbor app or whatever. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's a good idea. And then she's like, and then I want to say, if you can't afford to buy lunch or dinner um, because you're out of work, I'll buy you lunch or dinner. And I said, oh boy, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that might be a lot. <laughs> she said, well, maybe I'll just give it a limit. She said, as long as you can give me a cap and keep me anchored, I think we could do this. I'm like, okay, uh, all right. <laughs> you guys, I love you so much. I just want to move to your neighborhood now, not because like you're buying it for people, but because it sounds like a true family where you're really in it together. And that is just amazing to me. I love it. We have an at-home gym, so perfect yes perfect very happy so my husband that. can come too yes so so you guys you guys have a place to work you have a place to work out oh my gosh well that is wonderful and so let's talk a little bit now about your kids being at home through this and working professionals because I do have to say you know I I try to tell myself a story every day like I am so lucky I still have my job I am working from home I am making an income we are healthy we are, we are okay we are happy so I tell myself that story yet in the midst of it like you heard a little bit earlier you know when I'm trying to work and my son runs in or something crazy happens like my natural response is should be like, just leave me alone. <laughs> everything in me not to do that. So how does that work for you guys with twins? Yeah, uh, I think the first week was uh, really difficult because everybody has a need every single minute of the day. Like there's a snack or somebody hit somebody or somebody pooped the pants. And it's like you just it's like you like you can't like focus on anything. Um so I think the first week was hard. This week we had Natalie, our neighbor, come over um, while she was on spring break. And she watched them. And she got to make money from us. And, and we got to have a little bit of quiet time without um, them. Because she would bring them outside or bring them in the basement. So that really worked out. 
Uh, but she has school next week, so it's going to be a new week. I think, fortunately, um, for me, I'm in a, I've been in – so since I just started my job, like a week before this happened, uh, I've been kind of in a self-learning um, phase where, like, I'm just supposed to be just training myself on things that I think are relevant. So it's pretty mm-hmm. um, loosely defined, um, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very grateful for the fact that there is – so much flexibility and like my schedule and what I'm doing. Um, and that helps like me be able to help take care of the kids more. Rochelle, um, you know, is now going to be transitioning jobs. So we'll see how that goes for us. Uh, but yeah. I, I do find it, it, it is hard. Cause I was where I, I've done a lot of work from home and the kids were at daycare or at preschool and okay. you just feel like you can get a lot accomplished. And then when they're right. home, um, there is that frustration that's like, I need a minute, you know, yeah. I just need a minute. Even, even for those people that don't have to work from home, but are now just at home constantly, like there's always that I need a minute because right. now you're all together all the time and you don't have like, you know, we would, we would break up like, I don't know, maybe like during the day, if it, it got a little frustrated in the house, we'd take them out to eat or take them to like, we go to the Broadmoor and walk around. It's a like a local tourist place here, but they have a lake and a playground and we just go there and walk around the grounds and uh, you know, they could see the animals. There's a lot of deer there and then they could play at the park and we could break it up, you know, but right now it's like, you can't break up your day. So right. there's no. tons of frustration for sure. <laughs> I totally feel that. And it just makes me think of the word integration, right? So now we're just trying to integrate everything together and everybody's needs. And I, even though it's really challenging, even with me just having one, I, it really has opened my eyes to how instant like Beckett could be satisfied before this. Right. So when I wasn't working from home and I would pick him up from school, cause he, he goes to Montessori um, day, daycare still um, since he's not three yet. Okay. It would be, you know, as soon as he had me time, it was a hundred percent me time. I didn't have to work once I had him, you know, he, like mm-hmm. you said, we got to go places that he wanted to go. But now that he doesn't have that, I actually think it's a really important learning curve for him. As long as I can keep my, keep my sanity through it and speak calmly and speak politely. Like, no, I need to do this right now, or I need a moment to finish this. Like you can do this, but I also need to do that. And I don't think our kids before ever really had to think about, especially being this young, had to think about our needs because our days weren't fully integrated. And now that everything's integrated, like I just keep telling myself that story too. Like this is good for him to learn that other people have needs and we're going to figure this out together. And we keep using the word agreement, like let's come up with an agreement. So like, instead of telling him what to do, he agrees to something. Now it's not always easy to help have him kind of come to that agreement, but once like he agrees to it, he has stuck with it. Like even for example, something as silly as like sugar after bedtime, like I was giving him this treat that he liked after bedtime and it was like making or after dinner and it was making him crazy. And I had to like pull myself back and even just as calmly as I could say, Hey, I noticed that when you have this sugar, you're acting wild and you can't go to sleep. Does that sound right? And he's like, I'm so, cra-. and he would say, I'm so crazy. And oh, God, yeah. off the wall, yeah. you know, and I'd boys. Like, okay, and, right. Re- oh my God, boys. 
And so I'd have to say, can we agree that we're only going to have our treat like before dinner? So no more treats after dinner. And he would, once he agreed that, then a couple nights where he would ask for it, I said, remember, you agreed we'd have it before dinner. And then like the meltdown stopped. And he was like, you're right, I'll have it tomorrow. And I'm like, I never knew a two and a half year old could come to that decision on his own. I'd never probably given him the respect to do that before because I would just be like, no, you can't do this or whatever. But this time with him has made me realize if he understands the reason behind it, like he'll be more willing to accept it. But those are, those are our good moments. When it goes yeah, I, I mean, I wish I'd say it. Like, I, I, I hope I can learn from you, but I'm preparing my kids for boot camp. It's <laughs> perfect. And, and so, some days, you know, it's like, no, absolutely not. We brushed your teeth, you're in bed. And right. some days it's like, all right, take your dinner and your milk to bed <laughs> I don't want to see you again. Well, yes. And I think that's just so important to say. Like, I just want to say to all the parents out there, like, no matter how you're doing it, like, you're doing it well. Like, we've never had to go through this together um, as well. Okay, so some people have chosen to homeschool or unschool or whatever. But like, as like a global society, like we've never all had to homeschool. And like, we're forced to be quote unquote homeschoolers right now. We're all living at home in this wonderful world. And I just think however anybody's doing it and however they're making it through the day to still have like love and connection and crazy moments and hard moments and good moments. I just think it's perfect. So however you do it is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? The appreciation for everybody out there right now. I mean, I've always really appreciated teachers. I think they're underpaid and definitely undervalued, um, but they are incredibly important. And I, you know, I'm not a homeschooler. I can't, I'm not, I'm right. not really, that's not going to be my thing. So I can't wait for the kids to go back and actually be with the real teachers. Um, yeah. But like, just like everybody right now that is like out there stepping up and, and being a part of this, you know, just kind of like you start appreciating people more because you didn't have to sit in this role and, and right. you didn't have to worry about whether, you know, you go to the grocery store and this, in the, in the uh, <coughs> Excuse me. Shelves are stocked. <clears throat> Sorry, still getting over a cough. Um, but it's just kind of like, you know, just this is a, definitely a time to really reevaluate how you treat people and um, just give those people that you may not have appreciated as much more appreciation. Off my, off I know. my box. <laughs> no, but I, I completely agree because I even said the other day to my husband, I said, I've never noticed people in our community being so nice. Like everybody is literally just being nice. And I think it's just getting to the core finally of who we are as humans. Like at the core of us, we want connection. We want love. Like we want collaboration. And when life gets so busy and we're in our own bubble of a world and not thinking about anybody else's problems, like it's really easy to get selfish and to not recognize what's going on in your community. But now more than ever, people are recognizing the community at large and what we can do for them. And I I think that's huge. I think not that I wanted something like the coronavirus to make that happen, but it is so great to see. And I, I just think in this day and age, if you're an you're being an asshole then there's something really wrong with you <laughs> I agree I agree uh actually when I went to the store the other day um somebody said that they were at Walmart and like one of the customers was like very like gracious towards the the worker and she's like wow that's never happened before and it's like <laughs> oh my gosh that's a sad thing <laughs> it is right yeah I really well, because wonder I think now Go ahead, Rochelle. I really wonder if, you know, like you said, this is kind of a, a hard thing for everyone to go through and 
wouldn't be something we wished for, but at the same time, it's really forced everyone to slow down. Yes. And I think that puts a lot of things in perspective, even though there are challenges day to day, you know, in your households, I think there's also a lot of appreciation that comes from it. Oh, I definitely agree with that. And I, I mean, if it's anything like we were just talking about, you're thankful that the employees are showing up to work because honestly, the hypochondriac in me is like, oh, I don't know if I'd want to go to work every day, you know, but there's people that either have to or are choosing to do it and they're doing it uh, graciously and kindly and they're doing it really because they truly want to be there and help and not only keep their paycheck and keep their job, but they actually want to be able to still give people food or still give people toilet paper if it ever exists again. Um, and I am really thankful for that, that they're showing up because even in my grandma's <laughs> living facility, people just, they got nervous and scared, rightfully so, and stopped showing up. And then my grandma said, so we can't have showers anymore. I'm like, what do you mean? She oh. said, we literally cannot take a shower until this is all done because people don't, you know, are too scared to get sick and too scared yeah. to be too close. And the personal protective equipment is not widely available for everybody. So I like sent her dry shampoo in the mail. I'm like, well, at least try to wash your hair because that's got to feel awful. But honestly, hearing stories like that, I'm like, yes, I'm truly appreciative that people are just showing up to work and still trying to get yeah. things out there to people. One of, yeah. One of my best friends from high school, um, she's a nurse in Chicago and they're asking her to pick up emergency room shifts and she doesn't want to do it because there's not enough protective gear and she has you know she's got like four kids you know she doesn't want to do that and by the way how is your grandma (laughs) she's doing well she has her moments i think she pays attention to the media a little bit too much for her anxiety level but overall she's staying in her room because they're all nobody's sick in her assisted living but they're all quarantined anyways and so she's goes between watching movies and watching the news to try to keep her sanity but See, if I didn't didn't have the twins and a wife, I'd go and sit with your grandma. (laughs) That is exactly who I am. (laughs) She has always loved you. So I'm sure she'd love that as well. And if I could get her to do some kind of video chat and she doesn't even want to learn it, I think she would love to just be on video chat with you, with your kids, with all of it. And I've made her do it a few times with Becca because I'm like, you have Facebook. You can just answer your iPad. (laughs) Um, So when it doesn't stress her out, I try to get her on video. But for the most part, she's just like, to chat so cool I'll send her my love I will for sure and your parents how are both of you how are your guys parents holding up through this yeah so mine uh they're doing they're doing well um my mom's working from home my dad still goes to work it's just not um not like full-time he's you know a couple days a week kind of you know how everybody's kind of staggering so like um they're not all going in on the same days um but I, I worry about him going into work. I feel like he could definitely be um, affected if right. it came through. And there was one known case where he works. Uh, so oh, wow. um, that, I, you know, he's, it's my dad. We're not, we're scars. We're not the healthiest people, but we might be the funnest. <laughs> so, uh, because is he's not able to see any of his grandkids right now then either. Is I, he or has he been able to? I don't know. I think they've all been keeping distance. Uh, Danielle just moved mm-hmm. to Indiana not long ago. Um, so oh, awesome. she lives a little ways away. She she has her own little little farmhouse. Um, nice. And so they've been staying there. And Chantal lives pretty close, but I don't think that they've been going over there. I think that... Yeah, and- 
I think that's just hard for grandparents too, because I feel like, I don't know how you felt when you started having kids and seeing how your parents responded to your own kids. But for me, I remember being a little bit jealous. Like, why are you so great with my kids? Why weren't you like that when I was a kid? You know, because grandparents in general just have a different love for their grandchildren, even over their children, maybe. And so I just think this time away from that is probably really hard for them too. So I hope that they can see them soon and this all passes. Yeah. And I think for our situation, you know, we've, uh, we've been gone. Like, you know, I left, I left when I was 18 and really haven't moved back and, um, they get to see the kids a couple times a year. So, I mean, for us, it's not like, I think that this is like, not like unnatural for like how we live. But however, the cool thing is what we've been doing is doing like Facebook chats more often because we're at home more. So we've been talking more and we get to, um, you know, just put them on the phone more with them. And then uh, another cool thing that's been happening is um, my cousins all do a zoom meeting and we celebrated one of my cousin's birthdays and on zoom, you know, just things that would never, we've never would have done kind of like more, you know, just live your own life and not really, you know, you catch up with people every now and again, or you see a Facebook post and you, you respond to it. But now we're actually really interacting with each other a lot more. And I think that's really cool. Yeah, it definitely just goes back to what Rochelle said about just slowing down and just really focusing on what's important in your inner world with your family. And I would agree, I think I need to do that more myself. And I think everybody can learn from that, like just that connection. Because when you're on those video calls, at least for me, like it feels like I'm right there with them. Like when I can see their face and hear their voice, I'm like, oh, that feels just as good to me. Yeah, no. And my boss, uh, sorry, I still have a cough. My boss set up a a meeting yesterday and it was just a Zoom meeting. And, um, you know, you got to see like, hey, how real all this is, like, what you're going through, everybody else is going through because there's like people on the meeting with their kids on their lap or like right. the dog barking in the background, like things like, okay, like I, it's all right that this is how I'm living because everybody else is living this way too. And then yeah, he also cool. set up, um, he set up with one of an Air Force uh, physical training lead. Uh, we did a, another meeting where he put everyone through a workout. <laughs> so that is that, so great. It was cool because, like, um, one, I didn't do it. I just watched because it was hilarious. <laughs> Legit. This dude, <laughs> this dude came out with an American flag bandana on. And I am the tiger playing in the background. <laughs> he was in oh his garage my- with his two young kids. And it was, like, it absolutely made my day. It was, <laughs> it was How many perfect. people do you think were on that call? Oh, probably about. 10 or 12 like not, oh not too God. many but it just <laughs> it definitely made my day um, that is so funny to me that you just sat and watched so did everybody see you just sitting there watching no I didn't turn my camera on <laughs> um, I had to fill out security clearance paperwork so I was working on that <laughs> excuses excuses <laughs> that is so funny which makes me wonder how much is that home gym of yours getting you hey look I got a peloton and um I will be that cl- cliche commercial and I am a Pelotoner. So, so a Peloton, that's a bike, right? You have to yeah. get a Peloton bike. Okay. And yeah. it attaches to the app or how, I don't even understand Peloton. Um, yeah. So uh, after I had my second knee surgery, I decided that I was done running 
and I saw like a commercial for Peloton and I was like, I, I've done one spin class in my life prior to this. Um, I never really ride a bike. I don't even own a bike. <laughs> and then, so out of the blue, I just decided I was going to get a Peloton so that way I could still do cardio. Nice. And it has, um, it has a monitor, like a small TV monitor um, on the bike. And okay. you watch the workout and like, it's like, you're like at, in a spin class, but you're by yourself. So, um, and do you love it? I do. I love it. I like, awesome. I think the best part about it is like, it's not only just the workouts. And what I like about the workouts is like, it tells you like your progress compared to last time, like your last, um, hey, Beckett is coming to say hi and hear about your workout. <laughs> no worries. You're like last highest output. So like you could see like where you are compared to like your best workout. And so you kind of like chase that for me. That's like I like trying yeah. to chase it to get my next best workout. And also the instructors are just super motivating and like basically tell you, you know, like, you know, these like those 45 minutes that I'm on that bike. Those are the only 45 minutes that I have during the day for me. Right. Yeah. So like, and they like re- remind you constantly that this is for you and like, give it your best and give it your all. And so it makes it, I don't know, just, especially when you're being isolated to begin with, you know, it makes you like, feel like more like a part of something. So definitely. And how are you finding that time now? How do you break away from your family so you can still get that? Cause I think oh, that's important for people to know too. Yeah. We, we, we alternate. Um, and Rochelle will do it. And, um, yeah, she... so I was going to say, Go ahead. if I can, um, we do it, we are able to do it because we work as a team. Um, and I think that's how we're able to work from home too, with the kids. I mean, we trade off, you know, when she's on a meeting, I know I need to be more, you know, kind of uh, front lines with the kids if, if they need something and vice versa. And, um, the same with when she wants to go do her Peloton workout, um, she gets to get that time and I'm, I'm, you know, kind of doing the, doing the household stuff. And, um, and then I use Les Mills, which is different. I don't do her Peloton. Um, but I really have to get my workouts in also, um, which is body pump or body step or whatever. But, um, and, and she supports me in that too. So I think it's important to have that time apart and it's important to support each other to get that and work as a team and, get through day by day. <laughs> I think you make a lot of good points there. And I think I'm going to be motivated from you guys myself because I have yet to do a true workout during any of this. And I told myself, Oh, I can do yoga and Beckett can just do yoga with me and this will be fine. Um, yeah. I'm sure you can all imagine how that went. So yoga <laughs> with my toddler did not go as I expected. He, <laughs> I mean, I should say it did go as I expected, but so I, <laughs> I, I definitely want to take your advice because I think sometimes it's hard to ask for a quote unquote help too. Like when we become such independent people and even kind of like in our routine of what our life was it, and I didn't need quote unquote help before because I wasn't working when I was with Beckett. I think now that I have to ask that help, it's even hard to do that, to say, to get away from my toddler who wants me there um, and to have my husband step in and help who's more than willing to do that. It's just a lack of motivation on my part (laughs) to say, oh, I'm going to ask for help and then I have to work out. But yes, we have a bike in our garage. We have things set up. Um, So thank you for sharing that story because I need to get my butt moving as well. And I'm sure that would help my mental health as well as my physical health. Yeah. Yeah, And I think part of the battle is just communicating through it. Like sometimes we'll talk the night before, like, 
you know, what time can I get my workout in? And what time are you thinking you can get yours in? And, you know, or we talk first thing in the morning, you know, it's, it's worked out really well. I mean, there's some frustrating times, especially with spouses in the midst of all this, but, um, but I think if you, you know, there's also some really good times. So. Yeah, definitely. Do you guys have any favorite moments you can think of through these last two weeks where you guys were all connected as a family that just was like, oh, this is a really wonderful moment that we're thankful for? Okay, so maybe my moment, okay, is not necessarily like us just hanging out as a family. I have actually two moments. I think it was when um, I got my neighbors to come outside their house and stand, you know, within respectable distance of each other and have a conversation and kind of put yes. together like a community plan uh, of taking care awesome. of each other. And then my second one was yesterday um, watching the kids at the neighbor's house. They had, they had like music playing and they were jumping on the trampoline. And, and like I said, my kids are three and they're like seven, nine, 12 and 13, you know, so okay. they're much older. But the kids play with them just, like, so good. And just watching them, like, playing music, Jackson dancing on the trampoline, just, like, still being involved and, and having fun and, and, like, integrating our families. Like, I think those have been my moments. That's awesome. Rochelle, do you have any different ones? Or are you sharing the same ones? Yeah. What, what, what have been your favorite moments? Um, <laughs> um, it's not your turn to talk. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> They're right welcome in the middle to say of, uh, hi share their moment, too. Can I have her? Yeah, here. Take, take this. Come here, I want to show you something. I want to show you something. Uh, yeah, so I think she was talking about the trampoline um, yesterday. That was awesome. Although, I will say, uh, total mom fail. We didn't even think about sunscreen, and it was quite windy. So, we got a little pink. Um, so, there's a How little warm is it there. It, it was pretty nice yesterday, almost in the 60s, I think. So, oh, awesome. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought of that either, so not a mom fail. I, oh, my gosh. Well, it's like I didn't even think about it already. That yeah, we need to think about sunscreen. So, um, but, yeah, I think, you know, I think through this all, you know, especially with me um, getting a new job, um, just the, you know, the support that, um, you know, that Michelle's given me through, through everything, um, you know, and, and our family kind of going through this tough time, but then also, um, being, being so blessed. Um, yeah, it's, it's just been really good. And I think too, you've always been a really positive person ever since you've had your kids uh, from my experience at least. And you've always been a big advocate for them as well. And I think, you know, at sometimes that comes natural with the territory, especially when your littles are born and they have some higher needs than other children, but just the way that you've always been, a huge advocate for your children, what they need, recognizing things and just staying positive through it all. Um, I really love that about you. So I'm really glad to hear that you're still having your kids connect and having their, their needs met as well, because I think a lot of people are scared to even like they see somebody walking down the street, even if they're their neighbor, even if they're, you know, quote unquote, quarantined in this together and not going anywhere, they're scared. Yes, you have to keep your social distance. And I think that's important, but they're scared to even interact. And so those conversations might even be shortened, like where it's like you can actually play and move your body a little bit. And maybe we're not just like hugging and giving high fives all the time. You know, maybe we're more conscious of hand washing and before we leave and when we come back in. Right. But that connection and the needs of your children 
I think is really awesome that you're still able to meet that for them. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I think it, it just, if their needs are met, then our needs are met. So yeah, isn't that the truth? Yeah. <laughs> and has Colorado had any kind of shortages of anything? Have you had a hard time finding food or home supplies at all? So Michelle does most of our shopping. I mean, we, there for a little while, I think she kind of enjoyed going out every single day to sort of see what was around, um, you know, what was available, what wasn't. It seemed like it depended on the day. So like certain days there'd be toilet paper. Other days there'd be um, bread. bread. Other day eggs. So, I mean, I think we've, and we're also really fortunate. I love living in Colorado. I mean, um, not just because it's so outdoorsy and um, people are very active, but we also have like a milk delivery service, which I love. And so that, you know, I felt really confident that we're, we're going to get our milk every single week because the kids need it. Right. Um, we can get eggs um, through them. So, um, so that's Is been that great. a local farm that does that? It's well, it's local. It's called Royal Crest. Um, and I'm not sure if they're in other states, but um, that's but so I, awesome. I, I love that you still have milk delivery. That's amazing to me. Yeah. I mean, I grew up in Arizona and I mean, it's probably too hot there, first of all. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, what milk delivery? Like, I've, I've never even heard of such thing. But um, I, yeah. it's great. And it's, um, you know, all organic. It's so it's really good for the kids. And we've also um, been able to, we've also been able to order things that are not on the shelves at the store for our neighbors too. So that way, like we can look out for others. Um, and then for meat, because it's really hard to find meat, we have been doing butcher box for um, months. Okay. And so we can, you know, like we have means to get things. And, um, and then we also have water delivery, um, yeah. which has also just been a real blessing during this time. Cause we just never yeah. really have to worry about you know, our water. And, um, so it's been okay, I guess is, is the bottom line. It's been, yeah. you know, for there's, us. there's been, yeah, for us, it's been okay. There's been some times where things aren't always in stock, um, at the supermarket, but, um, but there's, it's never been a true, sh true shortage. Yeah. Um, yeah. So one of the cool things too, like, uh, like I ran into my neighbor one day and, um, you know, we were talking about like, oh, she's like, just, you know, just keep wiping your stuff down and, you know, everybody's going to be okay. And we're like, I'm like, what, with what? Like Dawn and water? Because that's about all the cleaning supplies we have right now. Yeah. And she brought over uh, two things of Lysol and two things of Clorox wipes. Um, oh, nice. Which is a hot commodity these days. Yeah. <laughs> you never know when they're going to be back on the shelves. And so that was cool. And then um, she asked me, like, hey, because every time I go to the store, I send out a message to all my neighbors asking if they need anything. And she asked me if we need anything. And I just jokingly was kind of just jokingly. But, you know, obviously everybody needs the same things. Um, but said, yeah, if you see any TP or uh, paper towels, let me know. And she came over with toilet paper and paper towels that she had extra, you know. Oh, and nice. So, like, yeah. So, for like, for us, it's like, it's cool that we have such a like a tight-knit neighborhood because whatever whatever holes that we have other people have filled and we've done the same for everyone else did you guys just fall into that community luckily or did you know people in that community before you moved there no actually fell we, into it luckily we were the first house built on the block I mean, oh my god so you built it and they came i like to say that i like to say that i, I, I was gonna say it might have been kind of us that started it a little bit i got to maybe a little more michelle but <laughs> Yeah, I, I got to influence my neighbors, but no, I mean, it's been really awesome that everybody, um, 
everybody gets along. Everybody looks out for each other, you know, from the people behind us to the people like to the right and left all the way around the block. Um, we've just always been tight. We always have like little, little neighborhood parties and um, it's, I don't know. We're lucky to be where we're at for sure. I was going to say throughout this whole conversation, I've heard so many positive things that have been going on. Is there anything that's been that you can think of that's either been really anxiety filling for you or anything that's been really challenging? Because it sounds like you guys, I mean, from the sounds of it, it's all put together and everything's perfect over there. <laughs> well, I, I bought all the Miller Lite from the store, perfect. so I, I have hope of getting through this. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, it. it is it's. I think it's real high anxiety for a lot of times, especially like with the kids being here all the time and trying to get, get a schedule with them and, and, you know, make them get along and also understand that they're stuck with each other all day, every day, too, right. you know, cause this is not just a change for us. It's just, it's a huge change for them. So yeah, completely, you know, but, but I don't know, lately I've just kind of been focusing on like trying to help others and, and make sure that we're okay and, you know, just support everyone. I think that's I the best that. way to get through. It's just every day is a new day. Um, and, and the job thing has been very high anxiety. I mean, it, it turned out awesome. And um, like I said, it's a blessing for our family. And, um, but, but the whole process is also high anxiety. And so there's definitely, we're not, we're not perfect by any means through this, but we are doing the best we can and making the best out of it. And that gives everybody, I think, out there listening a lot of hope because everybody's doing their best that they can, but they don't always know, like, what is something that's going to make me feel better. And I think the things that you guys shared today are a, a bunch of tiny little examples that turn into huge things that can help you really connect during this time and just slow down and be in it together and appreciate people and share things and collaborate and all of that is really, really, really wonderful. Um, so before we finish up our conversation, is there anything else that you would like to share with the world, either about parenting twins during this time or just the being parents and working from home um, or one tip that you could say would be really helpful out of everything that we talked about? Um, the only thing that, that, that I kind of want to mention, and it was based on what you just said, and it just kind of instilled a thought is, um, if you can, I think it's so important to get some energy out of other people. Um, because I'm not going to be able to get all my energy from Michelle, and she's not going to be able to get it all from me. And that's okay. You know, um, we meet certain needs for each other. She needs to get her energy from other places like the neighbors and doing what she wants to do to run for mayor <laughs> as we teach to her. pay for the food truck. <laughs> right. You know, and, um, and, you know, maybe mine is, um, you know, interacting with other coworkers and, you know, things like that. And, and of course our kids are a part of that and neighbors. And, um, but I guess just, just realizing that it's okay, um, to not be able to provide everything for your spouse or for your children and that they have to get things elsewhere um, we just have to kind of realize that and, and allow that during this time so that we can fill ourselves up so we can fill each other up and keep going every day. I love that. And I'm giving you a virtual hug right now because oh, that's amazing to you. both of you. <laughs> so I need to hear that probably more than anybody as well. So, and well, I, I, can, Do you mind if I respond? Yeah, go ahead. No, I think um, <laughs> for me, and I know this is cheesy and I pretty much beat a dead horse and I will keep doing it, but Support your local business, you know, like just make sure that they can still stay afloat during this time. Uh, I know that's something that's really important for us. 
and take care of your neighbors and um and honestly i just feed off of making everybody like smile and when i see that like it really helps me get through this and also um keep realistic expectations for yourself at home such as um you know we've been home for two weeks why are aren't our kids potty trained yet (laughs) (laughs) um well, because it's not up to us. It's up to them. Right. Um, you know, so like just keep your expectations, you know, realistic and um, and, and use this time to connect with your family and connect with your friend, friends and have Zoom meetings or have Zoom happy hours and um, yes. celebrate each other's birthdays. But you could do it in a, like a, on a bigger scale than just who's in your home by by connecting via Zoom or Facebook or whatever the medium but just keep connecting with people. Yes. Amen to that. Well, I thank you guys so much for your time. And did uh, either one of your kids want to say anything? Do they want to say hi or jump on this at all? You don't want to say hi? Maddie's being shy. Jax, you want to say hi? Can you say hi? Hi. <laughs> Can you hi, tell you guys? Name? What's your thank name? You. I'm Jackson. You're Jackson. What's That's your right. name? So I taught Maddie how to say her name. And when she says it, it's so cute. Because I was like, you're Madison Jordan Scar. And she's always like, Madison Jordan Scar. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) You wear that proudly, baby. Well, thank you guys so much for letting your mamas be on this phone call with me during this time. I hope you guys are having fun out there. (laughs) She's She's totally smiling, but like shoulders up, like, you know, like, oh, I'm acting shy. Oh, if I could have the video on through this, then we could see it all. Yep, then I would have to take a shower. <laughs> well, and isn't that the nice part, too, that we can be in our sweats all day? Right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the most casual work clothes ever. I put on <laughs> jeans for the first time in like eight days the other day, and Michelle's like, so what are you going to do? I'm like, I guess I'll go to the grocery store. <laughs> it's a big outing. You're dressing today. up. <laughs> Well, wonderful. Thank you guys so much. And I'm sure that we would love to connect on any other topic again in the future because you guys were wonderful to talk to. Awesome. Thank you. Appreciate it. Live For is a 501c3 nonprofit. We believe in fostering trust and support in kids to give them the freedom to go competently in the direction of their dreams. If you would like to know more about our programs and services, or if you would like to contribute to our cause, please visit www.live4for.org.